Hello everyone, welcome to He's a Keeper, the only podcast about the life and works of British Canadian actor, singer, and songwriter, Kiefer Sutherland. I'm your host, Zachary LaDuke. And I'm your other host, Jaden Cron. And today, we're going to be talking about the 1987 film, The Lost Boys. You bet we are. Um, I'm just going to start with a quick intro on our first episode, just to like, so you know who we are. I'm Zach. I'm a film student. So I'm very pretentious about movies, so get ready for that. Um, yeah, I like Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know what to tell you. I'm Jaden. Uh, I am not a film student, but I just I just really like movies. Um, and I also really like Kiefer Sutherland because he's a, he's a good actor. Yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Yeah, so right. this is a podcast where we're going to be reviewing kind of discussing uh critiquing even various um forms of media that involve Kiefer sutherland so that could be movies that he's in tv shows he's in episodes of tv shows he made cameos on games he's voiced he's done voice work for um songs he's yeah, written maybe yeah i was about to say maybe we'll review a couple of his albums because he's got the two of them but uh you know we'll see as time goes on yeah if we get like lazy we might just like be like hey he was in this episode of corner gas we're gonna review that episode of corner gas you never know it's a wild but, world uh, out there mm-hmm. but today we are talking about as Jaden mentioned the lost boys this was one of keepers like this was his breakout role this was his big kind of like for those of you who aren't familiar with keeper sutherland he is the son of uh famous actor donald sutherland um so like his first like actual roles were in movies alongside his dad, but like Lost Boys was kind of like one of his first like appearances away from or like without his dad, like kind of his breakout role. So yeah, yeah this thought... inaugurated kind of the uh, the first you know when you look at the Kiefer line, the timeline of Kiefer, you've got uh, the Golden Age, which I would say you know was from around Lost Boys to uh, you know some point in the nineties. There's yeah. a bit of you know a bit of dark ages and then there's a kiefer renaissance when the uh famous show 24 becomes a thing um yeah. and you know from then it just never it, he never goes downhill really it's it's kiefer he's wonderful it's, it's all uphill from there baby so yeah lost bush uh, what do you think of this movie oh i thought some things uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I watched it with my roommate and, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. Um, I mean, I can tell that Joel Schumacher directed it. Yep. Because there's a lot of moments in this movie where I'm like, you know, why? Why is any of this? <laughs> yep. A lot of the things are just like, okay, we get it, Joel. Because I, in my opinion, I feel like um, Kiefer Sutherland and his rowdy boys, yeah. uh, one of which is actually played by Alex Winter, and I did not know that going in. So I just started kind of screaming when I saw Kiefer and my boy, Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, as wait, that, that's, that's Alex Winter. And then it's like, yeah, it was. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're in an entirely different movie than... The Frog Brothers, like the Corys. Yes. And, you know, for sure. 
it, it's kind of funny because you know Corey Feldman and Corey Haim are like in this <laughs> wacky, <laughs> wacky late '80s sitcom, not sitcom, but you know this movie about um, them just like trying to. Oh no, his mom's moving on. Meanwhile, Kiefer and Michael are yeah. uh, in this you know edgy boy movie, and they kind of don't really work together at all i mean there's kind of the third part where you know the the crazy kids movie kid is like my brother's trying to kill me yeah <laughs> i don't really know how to respond to this but for the most part it's kind of these two things anyway what, what do you think zach i i agree yeah like there's definitely a lot of weird just kind of tonal differences in like the two plots of like one is like oh my mommy's dating a vampire maybe and the other is like oh this guy uh, made me drink his blood. Um, like the way oh, that scene, the, the the scene where it was like drink the blood, and he's like he drinks it, and he just like like after all the because like the scene starts with like they're in like the the rowdy boys cave, and they're like he's like oh eat eat the eat the noodles, and it's like it's worms, eat the rice, and it's bugs, and he's like drink the, eat the, the wine, and it's like okay, how are the maggots, Michael? What? maggots michael you're eating maggots and then he starts screaming Kiefer sutherland says that actually and yeah. oh my it's it's amazing i'm i feel like with this movie wait you you go back to what you're saying i, I apologize it, i was just gonna again it's like what you're saying like it's just kind of like it goes from that to like just like oh comic books get out of here dork well, and then back yeah. to like holy crap what is happening with michael and like Michael, yeah. What were you, what were you saying? Michael, um, I don't know. I mean, they just say the word Michael a lot in this movie. Like, I feel half the dialogue is just Kiefer and his vampires saying Michael because they they really want him to to basically come over to the dark side and become an evil vampire, and that's fine. Yeah. It, it gets a little grating after a while, but I think my biggest issue with the vampire, the rowdy boys, as we've taken to calling them, yeah, is actually that they weren't rowdy enough. I, yeah. Uh, that first scene uh, where, you know, it's kind of got, it's coming into this carnival and there's this like surreal carnival music and you're just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And Kiefer's like on the merry-go-round and you're like, well, I mean, it's a good, now, now I know it's a good movie. Yeah. But... You know, and this cough kicks him off, and I, I was just expecting there to be more parts where the with the vampires just terrorizing the town, um, and that was, you know, very little of the movie. The rest of it was just kind of Corey Feldman talking like he's pretending to be an adult, but he's like fourteen. <laughs> yeah, like I wrote, I wrote some notes when I like watched it. So watched it a few days ago, but like one of the things I wrote was like, wait, the comic, like these comic jocks was like. When the Frog Brothers are, like, introduced, or the Frog, whatever they were introduced, they're, like, it's, like, um, they're, like, kids at the comic shop that, um, David's little brother is at, and he's, like, they're, like, basically they just bully him, like, oh, you like comics? Like, okay, you're at a comic shop. But then it's, like, they run the place or something? But then they're, like, also, we fight vampires? It's just, like, I don't really get what their role. Yeah, I don't think they were really bullying him about the comics it was more of a he was like because they were running a comic thing and they're yeah like, whatever you don't belong here you're an outsider and then uh i can't remember the kid's name but Corey Haim basically is just like um actually batman 
Batman should be over here. Uh, I'm a really cool comics guy. And the other guys are like, whoa, this guy's serious. And then they give him some, like, horror comics, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, like, he, do- I don't think he... He says he doesn't like it, and then he doesn't take it. It may... I think... There's definitely a lot of fun to be had, though. Like, yeah. the the Frog Brothers are pretty funny um, for the most part. They just say stupid. They're just there to give one-liners, and I'm okay with that. Like, eat this, death breath, and then they chuck a vampire into a bathtub of holy water. Um, Yeah. I, my, I wish Kiefer was in this movie more. I wish he would, like, it was more just directly about him and Michael, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the Sam and the Frog Brothers plot, like I said, different movie and not the movie I want to see. I want to see the one with Kiefer in it. They kind of, they focus too much, I think, on the Sam subplot and at the expense of the Kiefer subplot. This may be coming from a biased point of view, but also I think it's like, like you said, like that's, those are two different movies. Like the Sam subplot almost feels like some weird, like Home Alone movie of like a bunch of like weird traps. Um, and then like you go back to the Kiefer, to like the subplot with david and michael and it's like okay why is michael in with the vampires is he not like what's this what's the status vis-a-vis michael and the vampires like is he go like there was that there was a point where like he wakes up i think and it feels like story-wise it's been like several months since the last scene that we've seen just because the way that the characters which part are was talking that i'm sorry things. i don't that wasn't how that came across to me um i think it's like it's like after David, um, oh, okay. like, gets Michael to drink the blood, and then he, like, I think he, like, wakes oh, up yeah. from it, like, as if it was a dream. Yeah. I don't know. I could, because, like, the mom's saying stuff oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're yeah. always no, 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 you're definitely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Absolutely. okay, he's being a vampire. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, could have been just, like, a week or something, but, uh, man, another thing with this movie for me is it's got some, it's got some decent jokes, but the way that... I feel uh, Schumacher, like the way this movie's been edited, does not give those jokes time to breathe. They're just kind of chucked. And I'm like, oh, that, w- uh, okay, whatever. That was, that just kind of happened. There we go. Um, but this movie's definitely at its best when it's uh, the rowdy boys sitting around with Michael and they're like, Michael, come join us. And then they like jump off a bridge. It's basically like, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you follow them? And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's a really good, like, scene of, like, kind of, like, Michael being, like, just an idiot yeah. not understanding what's going on. Like, there's many scenes where it's like, wait, huh? What? They're vampires, Michael. They're very obviously, what? Vampires? Huh? That's not real. They're, they're vampires. I also, wait, what were you gonna say? Something? Like it's there's, a, uh, it's just one of those things. Like it's like some of these problems in this movie could be solved. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually that's just not a something that gets smarter. me. But I was just gonna say that my biggest thing with the movie, honestly, not biggest thing, but something else that wasn't my favorite was honestly uh, the whole way that uh, Diane Weist, her character, had to, and then Max. Like this guy she's dating in this new town because she's divorced. Uh, it turns out the whole time that yeah. this guy uh, who she's dating now was the king vampire the whole time. And that's what the kids thought. But then they didn't think that. But then they did because it was the truth. 
Yeah. It was kind of, like, a very obvious, like, I mean, and I think the, because, like, I kind of knew immediately when I was like, ooh, can I cross your threshold? Like, he didn't even, like, say it. Like, a normal person, he said the word threshold. And it's like, okay, he's a vampire. Then they, like, do the garlic thing. It's like, okay, he's not a vampire. And then they literally, like, garlic doesn't actually work on that. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's kind of a cop-out. But, like, I feel like, yeah, with, like, Diane Weiss' character and, um... I can't star? remember the, the name of the girl who, like, she's the reason to keep that, um... Yeah, Star. Yeah, Laddie, like, who... the kid that she was with her, Laddie? <laughs> like, Laddie was nothing. Well, I mean, I'd say that that it's really Kiefer's fault uh, for for Michael becoming yeah. one of... Uh, yeah, a vampire. Um, but, uh... Sorry, now you got me thinking about Kiefer, you got me thinking about the girl, now I'm thinking about the amazing and triumphant dirt bike scene where they're riding around on the sand and oh, this amazing, the whole movie has amazing music actually. Like that's definitely one of the strong points. Uh, there's sexy yeah. saxophone man. Do you remember that at the concert? Oh my goodness. Yes. That like, I was living that for was that. Good I, stuff. But uh, there's this amazing, I mean the, yeah, this amazing song while they're driving around on their dirt bikes and, and Kiefer just Kiefer gets so many good lines in this movie. Um, I feel like this is one of those movies that like if Zach and I were to ever rewatch it again, I feel like I'd like it more the more I watch it because I'm ready for those dumb moments and my mind is ready to highlight them to just be like further, Michael, come on. Yeah. There's like, it definitely feels like a, like a movie that grows on you. Like it's just it's kind of campy. It's like it's campy in the way that like it's mm-hmm. it gives it yeah, that kind of Yeah, I could see like this being something almost. that people like, you know, grew up with and really really appreciate because of its its little dumb moments. I think we should drill down on the Kiefer though. Kiefer's character of David is he's the strongest part of this movie by far. Like his, like all the other vampires are just kind. It's just kind of like they're just kind of like edgy dudes. Kiefer Sutherland is just straight up vampire. He's just like drink yeah, this blood, no, Michael. Kiefer's guy. Drink um, it. I mean, all of the vampires have some of the best like costumes. Um, Kiefer's got these like leather gloves on on top of his yeah. leather coat, and he's got like bleach blonde <laughs> mullet so and. It's it's so beautiful, um, yeah, and it, it really adds to this idea that he's just he's just a he's a very bad man. <laughs> like he's here to wreak some havoc yeah. on the town. This is your '80s like counterculture. Like this is the kind of person that like your parents don't want you hanging out with. And he is because he will turn you into a vampire and make you think you're eating maggots because it's funny. It is funny, admittedly. Um, It is. It's funny to him. He, he, Michael is a clown. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I just love the, also the vampire powers in this movie. Um, I wish there had been, mm, yeah, I wish again, I wish there had been more use of that. I wish that cause the, the first couple of scenes we get to see the vampire powers. We don't actually get to see the vampires. There's just people like screaming as they're being taken away. Uh, like car doors get ripped off. 
yeah. <laughs> in glorious fashion. Um, and then there, there is one like murder scene, but I was expecting there to be just a bit more of that. Like, I don't know. There is the final battle, but it's not, they take out the vampires kind of one by one. Um, yeah. Yes. The dog action though in that scene, that was good. The dog Mm -hmm. with the takedown. There's a lot of good dogs. Is a very good, very good dog. Um, the nook is great. Yeah. The final battle scene has also some of the best, or at least the most egregious one-liners, like the aforementioned uh, death breath. Yeah. And um, there's one point where yep. <laughs> where Corey Haim pins a vampire to the stereo using a bow and arrow, and then the stereo just magically turns yeah. on. And then this music starts playing, and then he's like getting electrocuted, and then after he dies, Corey Haim just sits there and says... Death by stereo. There's um also I like how like the yeah. end it just ends ends with like the grandpa God. crashing and then, and then... the wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, grandpa ex machina. That final fight with Kiefer and Michael though, I love that. Honestly, I love the part when when because again, like Kiefer's lines in this movie, the script in this movie is you know pretty good uh, for being a goofy eighties yeah. film. Um really melodramatic like yeah. there's a part where in the final fight where like Kiefer and Michael are like grappling with each other and Kiefer's like give up now my blood is in your veins and then Michael just <laughs> looks him like square in the face and just says well my blood is in my veins too and then he stabs Kiefer on some antlers um and then actually because uh, Kiefer had like a bit of scruff on him when he was a vampire, but then he dies and is, or at least dies. I say that in quotation marks. I'll explain that in a bit. Um, and then he just, he's just clean shaven. Uh, he's just a beautiful boy again. And I'm like, man, yeah, that was, that was a good fight. Uh, I'm glad grandpa is just the worst person in the universe. Like the, the, the grandpa is like, I th- I'm convinced he's the main an- antagonist to this whole thing. Like, he let his daughter come and stay with him with her two kids in a town that he knows has lots of vampires. Yeah, like he says. He says yeah, the, like, the, the, like the thing at the end of the movie, mom. he literally just like says, that's the one thing I hate about Santa Coyla. That's not his voice, but I'm doing it anyways. He's like, the vampires. And then the movie ends, like, roll credits. Like, literally, there is nothing else in the movie other than that. Um... And he's just the worst. He's just always going, like, on these dates and making creepy comments. And his his busted-up car has La Cucaracha as the horn. And that's how you know he's coming in at the end to kill Max. And you just hear, and you're like, oh, my God. There's a moment when, like, so when they're first moving into the house, and, like, uh, he's like, uh, the guy's like, don't touch my TV guy. And, like, Sam's like, oh, you guys got TV here? He's like don't need tv got the tv guy there's also the part where he talks about the rules for the fridge and he's just like this shelf's mine and there's like a flap labeled old fart and he's like this is where i keep my root beers and my double thick oreos and you're like okay you don't put oreos in I mean, the fridge he can do whatever. he's like and he spends the entire movie like taxidermying up animals actually you're right yeah the movie must take over place over a course of a fair bit of time because he keeps 
giving, I mean, we only see him give two to his grandson, but like in the second one, he opens the closet and there's like 15 other taxidermied animals in there. The first time he gets like, I don't know if it was like a groundhog or something. Yeah. He gets a beaver at one point. I remember. Cause then he's like, Oh, beaver teeth, vampires. And that's literally the only thing <laughs> useful about that. Yeah. Such a and weird there's like a part point where he gets like, I guess it's maybe to keep the taxidermy in people's minds that he knows he has like a room filled with antlers so that Kiefer can get impaled on them later. Right. <laughs> it's it's not good. But like, you could just like, yeah, I would just buy this guy just yeah. having them regardless. That just seems yeah. like the kind of thing character I think character one would thing do. that made me even more dissatisfied with this movie is I recently saw, um, have you ever seen, ever heard of Until or from from dawn till dusk. Okay, so it's a Robert Rodriguez movie. I've heard movie. of it. I haven't seen. The, do you want to know the two starring actors? George Clooney. Okay. Quentin Tarantino. Excuse me. Yeah, he's 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 he stars in this movie, or at least for the first like three quarters. Quilting tarantula. Yeah, a quit not is in the movie. Tarampolino. Um, he's he's one of the main characters, and I mean, he just plays Tarantino. He like makes weird comments towards women. Yeah. There's. A scene, which like, um, I don't I don't even want to get into. That's the most. Oh my! It's filthy. It's the most Tarantino thing. Um, How many feet? D- one or two, okay. but there. I don't. Ooh. But there. Oh no! It's just oh, it's no. nasty. But anyways, that is also so that movie. The it, it that's a movie that feels like two movies because the first yeah. half is kind of this like tense thriller with Tarantino and Clooney like. You know, basically kidnapping this family and trying to get across the border to Mexico. But once they get to Mexico, um, they go to this bar called, well, yeah, it's got a name. And they go to this bar and they walk inside and it's a, it's a strip bar. It's And so there's all these, you know, there's all these women and things. And but then it turns out. That, you know, because Tarantino is always causing a, a scuffle in this movie. He's very aggressive and violent. Um, it turns out the people who run the bar are vampires. And so it turns from this, like, tense thriller into this B-movie, like, slasher flick yes. where it's just violence for the sake of violence. And it's goofy, but it it knows that. So it was hard watching this and being like... I know until like I know from dusk till dawn exists and that's that's just much more there's a tonal shift for sure but it stays yeah. consistent within those tones like once the movie shifts it shifts it never comes back from this ludicrous vampire you know nightmare uh obviously because it's a Robert Rodriguez movie Danny Trejo is also involved of course um he's Part of amazing the Danny Trejo cinematic universe it, it is uh he's like a bartender and he's the coolest guy ever. Uh, there's also some really goofy things with vampire tropes that, again, kind of ruin it. Because there's like a part where um, Harvey Keitel's character, he's he's he used to be a priest, but he lost the faith. And so now then George Clooney's like, you have to become faithful again so you could bless this water to protect us against the vampires. And so there's a part where he like literally keeps the vampires away by taking his shotgun and like a p and then like a baseball bat and putting the shotgun through like a part of it so that it looks like a cross and the vampires like walk away and just goofy stuff like that. Um, it's good. Yeah, I feel like this movie wasn't 
as much about vampires. Like, there's also that, like, when Michael first vamps out, as the uh, movie's own lingo says. Yeah, of course. That also made me think about a third movie, because you've got, you know, Anarchy Boys. Mm -hmm. You've got Frog Brothers in this goofy, you know, comedy. But then you've got Michael, who has the potential to be basically just in Teen Werewolf, but it's Teen Vampire. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to go with, like, what we do in the shadows. But, yeah, I think you're definitely right. Yeah, I think it could have been, like, that would have been great. Oh, my goodness. What if Taika Waititi directed a remake of this movie? Oh, my goodness. I would be all over that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. What we do in the shadows. It's the same movie, the exact same movie. <laughs> but with but Kiefer. Sutherland is there. And Alex Winter. And, it, and it's set yes. in Los Angeles because the TV show is already set in New York. Yeah, but, um, although it's filmed in Toronto. Um, mm. I, I met the gaffer um, on that show. Um, no big deal, but go on. Anyways, so you earlier I mentioned that um, Kiefer was dead in quotation marks in the movie, and yeah. that is because after doing extensive research, reading the Wikipedia article, um, they it says they had originally planned to that when they did a sequel they did end up doing two sequels but like much yeah. later the sequel their original plan for it was to have it about Kiefer and he had survived okay um and i'm just sitting here wondering why we don't live in that universe about i don't know yeah. like it could be it could be kind of like um like uh godfather 2 where you know part of the movie is about um marla you know like robert de niro before Al Pacino, Al Pacino's character's time, and then yeah. that second part is Al Pacino after the events of the first movie. You know, yeah, we could have kind of like a prequel sequel, the Kiefer Vampire trilogy. Yeah, um, and the third part would just be bad, but uh, yeah, I think because I can't, I, like, I haven't seen, I don't know what the sequels are about, but I think because like Kiefer is definitely the strongest. Like I said, the strongest part of this, I really don't see like. The Lost Boys would just be lost without him. Yeah. Also, they're all dead. Yeah. I also, like, I don't know why you had they have the movie. I mean, I it, 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 I guess it's a Peter Pan reference about never aging. But yeah. th- this movie, like any Joel Schumacher movie that I've seen, it thinks it's way better than it is. It, yeah, he thinks it he's thinks making, like, this auteur statement about aging and male violence but it's eh. it's just a goofy vampire it's a goofy vampire with with the cory fine but know what you have don't think your thing is smarter than it is because mm-hmm. then you get pretentious and no one wants to see yeah also according to the wikipedia article um richard donner was originally supposed to direct this and he's the director of the goonies he did end up producing but and huh. the script was actually entirely different. Uh, apparently, um, the like the Frog Brothers were like eight year old Boy Scouts, and the vampires were like 14, 13 year olds. See, I feel like at some point that's what this movie's going for. Honestly, that makes yeah. But I, I think it, I just feel like the the, the tension between like eight year olds and teenagers yeah. is much stronger than like teenagers and young adults. You know, because it's like, oh, my God, these kid idiots are trying to, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just imagining, like, give us your lunch money. My turn on the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of. And then Joel Schumacher was like, I'm going to make this more adult. But then he didn't make it. He didn't get the screenwriter to 
make it yeah. adult enough, like, as we've discussed at length. This is an R-rated movie. It could have easily been, like, PG-13. Yeah, if you literally, if you cut out, I think the one thing that pushes it into R is between the sex, the tasteful sex scene between uh, Michael and Star, where it's just kind of fading between a lot of different shots, and you can't really yeah. see anything, but boy, the tension. Um, I do want to get back to that scene, but yeah, go on. And then the the scene where uh, Kiefer and company slaughter everybody at a bonfire, which is actually, yeah. for me, one of the stronger moments of the film, because, like, you know, they're doing the slaughtering, and then they're yelling again. They're doing the, join us, Michael. And yeah. Michael's like, no, I'll never be a vampire like you. Yeah. Anyway, I think yeah, I those think that... are the only two things that really make it R-rated for me. Other than that, it's just another 80s PG-13 comedy film. yeah i want to get back to like to star and like that scene mm. there was no chemistry between yeah michael and star i don't think i mean i don't think there was ever any chance for there to be because they like the arc between them is like he's like sh- she says something kind of flirty to him he's like hey you want to hang out and she's like yeah and then her then michael's or david's like no. No, it's... Hey, come bike with us. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, she's just like, I love you, Michael. And it's like, but why? Well, I think... You don't know him. I think... No, no, no. Okay. I have a different take. I think okay. that... Uh, I mean, I do agree romance is still underdeveloped, but I think it still works because she feels guilty because she's the one, like, you know, she's the one who, like, brought him there at the very least. Yeah. Um, I'll still say it's it's weak as heck. Yeah, but, um, I think that's just just putting, and I do think that's the way the movie frames it. But then that's just kind of putting, making it her fault. Yeah, yeah. When it's Which, when like it's obviously Kiefer's fault. Should, yeah, Michael and Michael should have just like not gone with the weird motorcycle gang, and David shouldn't have made him drink blood. Oh yeah, or he just shouldn't have drank the blood because Star was literally like, "Don't drink the blood." And then he's it's like, blood. he's, he's like, like, nah, it's dude, it's, it's and wine. And then later she's like, it was blood. And he's like, it was blood. Oh, Michael, you dumb, but dumb. I think they had a bit of chemistry in their one sentence of talking together when <laughs> when she's like, what's your name? And she's like, Star. And he's like, I was almost named something hippie-like, like Moonbeam. That was good. And she's like, I, yeah, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Michael. And she's like, Michael. I like Mike. <laughs> Mikey, likey. That's what he should have said. This that should have been his catchphrase. You know, he just sits there, and he like realizes he's got vampire powers, and he's like Mikey, likey. And then he like I don't know, kills a cow or something like that to sate his needs for blood. Then he like almost kills his brother, and he's like Mikey, not like. All right. Uh, been good. Okay. So let's. I think it's time to uh, put it on the. I think we should. We should rate. I think this should be a thing where we rate something. We determine whether or not it is a kefir. Oh yes, that is a thing. Yeah, is is is. It, I would say it's a kefir. I would come back. I would watch this movie again in a little while. It was fun. It was campy. Kefir in it was good. Yeah, it definitely had some flaws, but like, it wasn't what I was expecting going into it. But I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I, yeah, I feel like I, I would want to watch this movie with you or with people who have seen it before. Yeah. So that we can like look at each other and be like, Kiefer's happening. He's going to say the thing about maggots. Yeah. Um, 
And I'd probably want to do it, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, a little, little, little something, something to drink now, you know, because, yeah, I feel like, I mean, there's there's plenty of, I've spent like half the movie looking up drinking games for it. I yeah. will not lie to you. There's like five or six, but one of them. That does not surprise me. One of them, though, was like, drink every time you hear the name Michael. And I'm like, I would die. I would die yeah, within the first die. five that's, minutes. That's called alcohol. Uh, poisoning? poisoning and it's bad that's not for like you. game that's death but there's there's another one that was pretty good where it's like um drink every time the two quarries touch <laughs> you know that's pretty good drink every time Kiefer says something really good um yeah but uh yeah I, I think this I would agree with you I'd say this movie's a Kiefer I wouldn't say it was like amazing not even really yeah. that good Mm-hmm. But there's enough in the datedness of it that I think I could enjoy coming back to with those um, that that weird song we haven't even mentioned this yet, but like the song that kept playing where it's like, "You shall oh, yeah. not fall," and it's played like five or six times over the course of the movie, and it's, and, but but saying that it's not played enough, or at re- relevant times, the part that they keep playing is the same part, and it's like. It's just the same line, like, repeated three times, and then a slightly different line repeated three times. Yeah. And it kind of is, like, thematically, but it's also kind of, like, I don't know, this is not the tone of this movie. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I mean, that's Joel Schumacher trying to put things in to make it better, but not really knowing it, like... Yep. The man is infamous for just using, I don't know, just, like, yeah, just throwing stuff in because... That's cool. Whoa. Makes yeah. you think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall, Kiefer, definitely. Solid He's watch. A He's a Kiefer, our podcast. Fortunately, we won't be watching or reviewing the second or third because, as we stated, Kiefer Sutherland's not in it. Not so. present. Don't care about those movies. They are literally worthless to us as um i wouldn't even call us Kiefer fans at this point you know now yeah. that we've undertaken this i'd say we're Kiefer scholars yeah we are um the first we're starting academics of this new like branch field of yeah we're yeah. gonna start our own for-profit online university uh- <laughs> yeah key for you key for you yeah now we're getting uh, political. Let's get into news. Let's get into what's the what's the hot what's on the press? What's hot off the press? What's what? So this is um this was this is hot off the press on September seventeenth, the day that recording on the eighteenth. So this is relatively new. Um, Kiefer Sutherland to star in the Fugitive remake at Cuby or Queeby or KB. Oh. I don't know what it is, but it's another streaming platform. I know it is, but I don't know how it's pronounced. This is from Variety. Um, huh. So, yeah, so he's going to be in a remake of the Harrison, the 1993 Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive, um, which is being made uh, produced by Queeby. Um, I, name your streaming service something better. Apparently, so this is going to be a TV series, which is interesting well because no no because apparently i thought the nine the harrison ford movie was based itself based off of a 60s tv show oh yeah i'm excited for this it's see you know 
his name is Detective Clay Bruce. I've never actually seen The Fugitive, so I, I know nothing about it. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, this will be good. Huh. Yeah, it is based on a television series. You're right. I won't watch it because it's yeah. on Kibi. I'm going to call it Kibi because that's like, yeah, you know, that works, I guess. Um, which I didn't know was founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> yeah. The one of the articles I read about this was like former uh, like head of Disney, well, Disney Studios. It's like, yeah, he also started DreamWorks. Yeah. <laughs> I can mention that. So the, from the people who brought you Shrek comes Kiefer Sutherland as the fugitive. Yeah, basically. Well, he's not the fugitive. He's the detective hunting yeah. down the fugitive. Yeah. But what if he is the fugitive? I mean, what? okay. I know this isn't the case for the show, but we should petition yeah. them. Yes, of course. That it should be like um, two Kiefer's. Okay, Kiefer is hunting down Ooh. Kiefer. Kiefer is the fugitive and the cop at the same time, like a double role. Like, um, and I mean, you know, with modern technology, it's not impossible. Yeah. There was that Tom Hardy movie called Legend where he played two gangsters at once. Never saw it, but, you know, twice the Tom Hardy must mean it, it's twice as good as Mad Max Fury Road because that movie is amazing and it only has yeah. one Tom Hardy. Yeah, I mean, that's literally the simplest visual effect to do. And, like, depending on how, on the situation, it can get pretty complicated. But, like, yeah, you just, yeah. I want to so, like, see. I they could see, easily do that. I want to see. And I want to push Kiefer. I want to push him to his limits. I want to see him, you know, be the best actor he can be. We need ground bake, uh, groundbreaking Kiefer Sutherland technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, but what if there was a... Th- what if there was a third Kiefer Sutherland? Okay, let's not get too crazy. No, 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 no. but what if he's got like a, a car? Um, oh, and it's like a, a an intelligent car, right? And then and then it, there's like a three D animated Kiefer on like the screen in the car that's helping him track down bad guy Kiefer, <laughs> and he's de aged as well. What if? Yeah, <laughs> I think looking forward to that. Um, It'd be like Knight Rider, you know, but with Kiefer and Kiefer, and he'd be yeah. like the, you know, cop Kiefer would be like, damn, and then the other Kiefer would be like, turn left. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but I just want to read something from the Engadget article about this. Okay. So this is from Engadget. The show is one of dozens of projects in production at Kiwi. The short form mobile video platform founded by Walt Disney Stu- former Walt Disney Studios chairman Je- Jeffrey Katzenberg. So Kiwi, which is launching next year um, in April. Um, so they're going to be they have a se- horror series from Steven Spielberg, thriller series from Sophie Turner, and a remake of MTV's Punked cuz that's what we what want. people were asking for. Yeah. Not a show with three key for Sutherlands. That would be ridiculous. That would be... No, we want Punked the huh. remake on our phone okay okay so i'm, I'm looking at the wikipedia thing for uh kibi and yeah. i'm just gonna read if this is in the product section unlike other streaming video platforms like netflix and hulu kibi's content is made specifically to be only viewed on mobile <laughs> devices and can be viewed in either landscape or portrait video shut up no this is gonna fail so hard it's gonna be terrible 
Spielberg, why are you on the? I thought you know. What are you doing? And and Spielberg sitting there going, Netflix isn't for, or at least like, I mean, I don't want to make fun of him for that, but he was talking about you know like the legitimacy of um you know Netflix premiere movies for the Oscars and for awards in general and things. But they uh, made Roma, which was the most Oscar, and I love no, get me wrong, I love Roma, but that was Oscar bait incarnate yeah so he can shut up yeah and now he's doing this and now now he's gonna be on (laughs) that actually really is it's about preserving the theater experience also i'm making a show that's designed to be delivered in chapters of 10 minutes or less that you can view in portrait like a lot of people, that's how they watch Netflix is on their phone, and they get by just fine with stuff that you can also watch. You can turn the phone sideways, and things look a lot better because get this—that's how our eyes work. They oh see. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I, d- I don't film see. school stu- um, te- terminology because you know I know a lot about movies. I'm a film student, so our eyes—you know—they don't see up and down. They see left and right. Okay. Yeah. Have I lost you yet? Okay, so you're with me. So that is why video and film is wider than it is tall because spielberg i don't know if you understand you the last time i mean he made minority report and that's a movie all about eyes right (laughs) we should know so we should know that like he has eyes he's a filmmaker he can see that he you know you look from you can see much more on a horizontal plane. anyway also of note, uh, this is the last thing I want to say about Kiwi before we move on. There's going to be um, a show with Zac Efron in it Ooh. called Kill the Efrons. Um, <laughs> it's a survival reality series where him and his brother will be sent to remote parts of the world. What? And they're calling it Kill the Efrons? Yeah. When you said it's a survival reality series, it definitely was like in the back of my head, it's like, it's it's the most dangerous game. Zach Efron is the most dangerous. Yeah, game. that's what I was thinking. It would be like I don't know, like just something goofy where he's just like surviving the apocalypse. But no, he's just gonna be like surviving in the wilderness. You gotta wonder if it's gonna be closer to like Survivor Man, where he has him and his yeah. brother have to do all their own filming, which it won't be because it's the Afrons, or if it'll be more like Bear Grylls, where it's like just kind of do this because it looks intense. Yeah. Wait, okay, sorry, no, no, never mind. I thought we were done here, but I just read the sentence, Steven Spielberg will write a horror series, Spielberg's After Dark, Yes. unique in that it can only be viewed at night. Shut (laughs) up. Shut up. I'm banning filmmakers. They're not allowed anymore. No more filmmakers for like a year. We have to take a break. Take up a hobby, do anything else, and then come back when we're ready to behave like adults. That is not okay. Like, wow. We live in a society. They invented network television, but bad. They're inventing bad, like, worse network television. You know, I keep I keep saying we're done with this, but then I, I read more. The company plans to spend $1.1 billion on commissioning original content in its first year, totaling 7,000 short-form episodes. Oh, so YouTube seven... exists. Yeah. Netflix exists. Nobody... Nobody's going to... Are they going to charge for this? Because no one's going to pay for this. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really... I mean, the, so the other things... They raised... Okay. 
they raised this one billion dollars mm-hmm. from eleven investors in all major Hollywood studios. Wow, all of them. All, <laughs> including this is according to Wikipedia. So I'm just gonna go to the source on this one. Katzenberg. This is from the guy who made DreamWorks. Just yeah. keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. He got Disney. He's got Warner Brothers. I think he's got a lot of people. This is. He's got NBC Universal. He's got Time Warner. He's got all these companies. You already have like several streaming platforms. Nobody but wants this. This one's unique. It's got it a has gimmick. Key for and that's yeah, the gimmick is that after um, the Kiefer Fugitive, all the shows are going to be about Kiefer. Um, kill the Efrons. Kill the Kiefers. Uh, like no, I said, it's going to be about the three keepers from the updated fugitive, <laughs> and they're going to have to survive in the woods. Yeah, now they're fugitives. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I give this maybe a year. Mm, yeah. Maybe a year before it goes the way of CISO and other so many other like niche streaming services where it's like, oh, it's Netflix, but for this thing, oh, you know what happened to all those? They're all gone. Because no one wanted to pay for those. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's keeper news. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we wrap up? Yeah, I think we should wrap up. Good. Um, so I want to thank uh, Kaya Tees for our lovely um logo art. You can find her on Instagram, um, at Kaya Knight. That's at K Y four N I G H T. Um, she's really cool. She does art and stuff. She really, she made a really awesome logo for us we haven't seen it yet but i i know it's gonna be awesome so yeah because like she's honestly amazing she also does uh streaming on twitch so if you're into art streams go check her out yeah i i believe the same uh handle we'll have links in the description um thank you to probably kevin mcleod for our theme music um if not thank him anyways because great man 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 the myth um, the legend. So yeah, thank you. We'll, um, we'll have the details for whatever the music we use in the description. Um, thanks to Anchor for hosting us. If you like this uh, episode and you want to support us, and want to help us out, um, we're doing this free because it doesn't cost us anything. But if you would like to support us, you can uh, leave us a rating on iTunes. I hear that really helps people helps us out. Um, and you can check out our future episodes. Um, we hope hopefully be coming out on a weekly basis but we're also both students and there's just the two of us doing mm-hmm. this so but yeah i uh, hope you enjoyed if you listen this far uh thank you so much and yeah hope you're having a great day hope i hope that Kiefer may smile upon you in your yeah. endeavors i hope that ctl meta calls you man this is just us waiting for the 24 episode yeah. It'll happen eventually. What are we... Oh, we have to decide what we're going to watch next week. Yeah. Okay, let's... We're going to do that live, in media. Live, rights. in media. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to his IMDb page. Okay. I'm thinking that Brotherhood of Justice movie. That one with... The made-for-TV one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm in. Because, like... I mean, we watched the movie with him and Alex Winter. Now we can watch the movie with <gasps> him and Keanu Reeves. Basically, we will have watched Phil and Ted yeah by proxy yeah and you know what he's i bet you he's gonna be in bill and ted 3 bill and ted face the music 
It's happening. Oh, for sure. I just called it. He's, We're calling it now. He's going to be the main antagonist. He, I think he's either going to be the main antagonist or he's going to be like what um, uh, Rufus was in the first film. But uh, so, anyways. Yeah, we're calling it now. Kiefer Sutherland is in the new Bill and Ted. You heard it here, here, here first, folks. So, yeah. Catch us next that. week as we watch yeah. Brotherhood of Justice. The Brotherhood of Justice. The Brotherhood. Yes. The 1986 TV movie oh, where he plays boy. the character Victor. Oh, boy. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed. I'm Zachary Leduc. I'm Jaden Cron, and this has been... He's a keeper. keeper.